You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Several years ago, I remember checking Facebook one day and seeing a myriad of posts asking for prayer for a family whose husband had just been shot at a rest area. Since then, I followed along as God has worked, provided for, and given their family quite a story to tell. On today's podcast, Terry McKee is here to share that story with us and to talk about battling overwhelming situations while you're homeschooling. I hope her story and the lessons she's learned over the past several years are a real encouragement to you today. Before we dive into that conversation, though, I wanted to take just a minute to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Creating a Masterpiece. Creating a Masterpiece provides award-winning drawing classes for your children, taught by an expert instructor, and we can't recommend them highly enough. If your student has an interest in drawing, this is the program for them. It was designed by master artist and teacher Sharon Hofer to empower students who love to draw. In this program, Sharon will teach students of all levels, step-by-step, how to plan, develop, and enhance carefully designed projects. The skills being taught can also be used to enhance many other forms of drawing and fine art media. You can learn more about Creating a Masterpiece by going to creatingamasterpiece.com. Again, that's creatingamasterpiece.com. Our girls have actually used Creating a Masterpiece, and I was amazed at what they were able to create just by walking through those instructions. So I truly cannot recommend this program highly enough. So go to creatingamasterpiece.com and check it out today. Hey, you guys, I am very excited to welcome Terry McKee with us to the podcast today. Hi. Terry has a, a really interesting story. It's a story that I don't think she would have written for herself, and yet God has used it and has given her a platform to talk to many because of it. Uh, She can be found at homeschoolingonechild.com, and she's got a lot of resources there, not just for homeschooling one child, but for special needs, for a lot of other situations that you may find yourself facing, as you're going to see as we walk through this podcast. So, Terry, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Leslie. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your story so that everyone can kind of catch up? Because we're going to talk today about homeschooling in overwhelming situations. And if if any situation would qualify for overwhelming, I would say yours does. And so the fact that you've been able to take that experience and and learn from it and then pass on what you've learned from it, I am I'm so grateful for. So so catch us up a little bit for those who don't know you. Sure, not a problem. I am married with four special needs children, three of the whom are out of the house. Um, two are married and one lives with his cats. So he's a great, crazy cat guy. But, um, and we have our 12 year old daughter who we homeschool. Now we started homeschooling her when she was five years old and in kindergarten. And that was um, teaching kindergarten, man. I, I'd rather teach seventh grade than kindergarten. It's just, it's just tough. 
but my heart goes out to people who can, who can swing kindergarten. But we were homeschooling and it was going really well. And then we took a Thanksgiving trip to my in-laws and in Virginia, we live in North Carolina. So it was like a five hour drive and on the way back home. We stopped at a rest area in about an hour away from our house, mainly because we all had to use the bathroom and it was just, we could not make it another hour as we all are like that, <laughs> you know, bladder does what bladder does, right? Hey, I think we have and all been there where you're like, this doesn't make good sense and yet there. we have to. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we stopped at a rest area like we all have done, you know, and it was right at a little bit before eight o'clock at night. So it was, mm. it was rather dark and we stopped and it was, uh, we had two of our four children with us. Sam was uh, my oldest was with his biological par- um, parents. I am his biological parents, his biological <laughs> grandparents. And um, Ellie was with her biological mom because we have a blended family. His mine, okay. ours, Brady Bunch kind of deal. But Laura, the youngest, is ours by far. Mm-hmm. Looks like both of us. And so we had Jacob and Laura with us. And you know, Greg, my husband, and Jacob went into the men's room, and uh, um, Laura and I get my kids all mixed up. I'll start calling them by my cat's names here in a minute. It'd be great entertainment. <laughs> but um, Laura and I went into the women's room. Well, we came out, and Jacob came out, and we were just standing around, and we were like, well, Greg's going to be a few minutes you know, and hmm. so we went outside to let Laura burn off this energy. And there were these two guys just staring at us. And they were talking to each other in low voices, smoking cigarettes, whatever. Yeah, and, and I didn't really pay much attention to them other than the fact that they were staring at us. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, un, it's not unheard of for people to just stand at a rest area and stretch their legs, smoke a right. cigarette, whatever. Right, right. But they were staring at me Weird. and my children's, yeah. like sizing Jacob up. And Jacob was 18 at the time and pretty built. He's married now, so he's not so built. <laughs> <laughs> but Greg was still in the restroom. And they turned to one another, talked. And then went inside and it wasn't 15 seconds later, not even that, that we heard a gunshot. Oh my goodness. And they came running out and we ran in. We ran in because I heard Greg when they, when those guys ran out, the double doors opened, the glass doors. Mm -hmm. And I heard Greg screaming and Jacob and Laura and I ran inside to find Greg had been shot and he was face down in the men's bathroom. And what had happened was he was washing his hands at the sink and the guys came on either side of him and put a gun to his head and did not say anything. But he (laughs) took that as a sign that he needs to leave and he bolted and ran outside um, to go out, you know, he went to run basically yeah. and they shot him from three feet away. The detective said it was a kill shot. It was meant to kill him. Oh my goodness. 
Jesus, Jesus had other plans. You see, those guys mm-hmm. fired the bullet, but Jesus fired the gun, but Jesus placed the bullet. Mm-hmm. He placed it perfectly inside. Um, it welded inside of a vertebrae. And huh. it was um, like a half inch on either side. It was perfectly centered in that vertebrae. And it welded as it went in because of the wow. heat and whatnot. But it, it shattered. Bits of vertebrae broke off. The bu- bits of bullet broke off. Um, but it severed his spinal column, spinal cord. Hmm. Excuse me. So in an instant, my husband was paralyzed because of an attempted armed robbery. Wow. And so life immediately, I mean, you, you talk about being just an immediate change. It, life was immediately changed. You know, hmm. Jacob was sent into a deep depression, left school. He was at um, college at that time. He dropped out of college. And Greg was in the hospital for about a month, roughly. He came home the day before Christmas Eve. Wow. And so, but our church, our, it's all Jesus. You know, it's, it's all Jesus because everything revolves around him. His power and presence and peace during this whole situation was mm-hmm. so evident during all of it from the, the ambulance took Greg, obviously, to the um, main hospital in Charlotte. Okay. But Jacob and Laura and I got in my, in our car and was driving down 85. And if you know anything about 85, you know, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, it's like a parking lot. Yeah. And all we saw were red lights from the brake lights. And Jacob said, you know, how are we going to get through that? And I said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray through it. And I said, Lord Jesus, you parted the Red Sea once. I'm asking you to do it again. And with flashers on and horn honking, it's just like the the red lights just parted. Wow. And we went straight down the wall at 90 miles an hour (laughs) and got got to the hospital like two minutes after the ambulance arrived. Wow. So... We, it was amazing, but Jacob was like, how did you do that? I was like, I didn't do anything. It's all Jesus. (laughs) Jesus did it, you know, and our, there was a GoFundMe account page made, Mm -hmm. um, account made and people donated to that enough so that our church used the funds from that to renovate most of our house, like flooring, they worked at carpet and made it more accessible for Greg, mm-hmm. you know, widen doorways. You'd be shocked at how many houses have non wheelchair width doorways, you know, and we have to have 36 inch doorways. Most okay. residential homes don't have that. It's 29 yeah. inches. Wow. And okay. Yeah. So he, in our, with the old, the old house, I would say he couldn't even get through the doors. Mm. So, but our church did that and I'm so thankful to them. And, but so thankful to Jesus that he made it happen. Yeah. But one thing that, you know, I listened, 
I was so overwhelmed with life, with grief, with caregiving. Mm. Before Greg went back to work, he went to work. He went back to work a hundred days, Leslie, after he was shot. Wow. And so he is the most determined man on the I planet. I was about to say, that seems really short for as it, traumatic. It was really short. His, yeah. His therapist was shocked, but he was tired of being at home. He wanted to get back <laughs> to work. And so I was like, well, I want you back to work too, mm-hmm. you know, because you need this. Well, and that's the thing. I need Absolutely. This. Yep. Yeah. And so... He went back to work and I, in January, before he went back to work, I was at home, you know, being a caregiver, taking care of him, taking care of my mother, who was alive at the time, taking care of our oldest son, Sam, has autism, and still trying to homeschool Laura. And something, something had to give. Mm. And I took the advice of very well-meaning friends, but I enrolled her in public school and it was the worst decision we ever made because this little girl had just been through a traumatic event. I mean, when she saw Greg on the floor of the bathroom, she thought he was dead. I'm sure. All she saw was the blood from his broken nose because he went, Bam, like a tree fell. And so she was just rocking back and forth in the restroom yelling, my daddy's dead. My daddy's dead. So when I put her in public school, it was like she was in kindergarten and she was dealing with all sorts of things. And I was dealing with my own things. Greg was dealing, we're all dealing with things individually as we do. But that the trauma response that she had lasted for two and a half years. Wow. So at the, she regressed, I mean, at the end of second grade in public school, she was still, still reading on a second, on a kindergarten level at the end of second grade. So we were like, you know what? This is not working. Right. And we are called to homeschool her. That's what we prayerfully believe. And she, her IEP was not being followed because she has dyslexia and migraines and um, trauma response and all this stuff. And her IEP was just not being followed. So at the end of second grade in her IEP meeting, they were like, well, we need to hold her back a year. I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm homeschooling her next year. Yeah. And so all this is kind of moot. Hmm. And so we made the decision to bring her home. And we started, I'll never forget, um, August 1st, because she was excited about it. I was yeah. excited about it. And we Let's do this and thing. We <laughs> yeah. And I knew that she was reading on the kindergarten level at second grade. And I was like, you know, let's see if we can beat this. And by Christmas, Leslie, she was reading on grade level. That's awesome. All because of the one-on-one attention and us getting our priorities straight and focusing on what mattered and not letting the overwhelm of life get to us. Yeah. But 
it dawned on me when I was starting to homeschool her in third grade, which was way hmm. different than kindergarten, that there weren't many resources out there for someone homeschooling just yes, one child. That's true. You know, if I had a whole passel of children, a whole flock, then there was tons of stuff out there, you know? And I was like, you know what? I'm a blogger. <laughs> I think I could come up with something. And so I just, I was at um, a, home, a homeschool blogging convention and I was like, homeschooling one job. <laughs> and I went back to my hotel room at the conference did a little search to see right. if anyone else had right, right. that. No one else had that. And I was like, it's mine now. <laughs> and I, and I registered for it right there in the hotel yeah. room. And it's been a joy just helping others who either, either have just one child they're homeschooling. Cause it's very yeah, different absolutely. than homeschooling two or three. You know, and it's expanded now to help, even if you have multiple children, each child learns individually. So you just can't bundle them up. You know, we always hear about, like, uh, when we go get cable and telephone and all this, you know, bundle package, you know, and we can't bundle our children up and just say, well, we're all going to learn Rome about ancient Rome the same way, you know, because our kindergarten level is not going to learn about ancient Rome the way our seventh grader will. So homeschooling one child has kind of expanded over the years because of mainly Laura, our daughter to launch into special hmm. needs and to help parents who are dealing with special needs. Cause I'm a parent of special needs yep. kids and I'm, yep. I'm helping parents who have multiples, but who want to teach them as individuals, which I keep saying homeschooling is the ultimate um, individualized educational. Yeah, plan. absolutely. You know, and it's really meant a lot to us to continue to homeschool I mean, are there days like, I don't know, two days ago <laughs> that were just hard? I mean, we've been through a season this year. I don't know if other parents have felt this too, um, but homeschooling this year has just been hard. I don't know if it's just seventh grade and middle school and, and being 12 and a female with hormones as I say that, I'm thinking, yeah, that's all it. <laughs> but it's um, it's just being, we've been so overwhelmed this year with life and hormones and co-op and hormones mm -hmm. and, you know, and trying to get her to write an, a five paragraph essay yeah. and hormones. <laughs> and I wrote this book, um, Overwhelmed, Biblical and Practical Ways to Manage a Crazy Busy Life. Not that I'm promoting it, can I am, but I didn't realize I was writing it for myself. You know, I was writing it to help others. I wrote it last year hmm. and um, I was like, but right. I need this book. I need it now. Well, exactly. And God <laughs> is so good that way too. And because it's... Um, 
to to use oh, absolutely. to use you know all of these seasons and it all comes back around and you he reminds you of things that he has taught you yeah. um yeah. and what he's put in your hand he is he is just that's where you see his all-knowing loving fatherhood at play in our lives yeah. it's just a wonderful thing that we should all marvel at and you know you were you were talking absolutely you were talking and you had this in incredibly traumatic experience. And then, you know, I, I was, I really was fascinated when you talked about the advice of well-meaning friends, because we have to be so careful and use such discernment because people do mean well, but, but they don't answer for your children. You do. And so we, we always have to weigh those, those Mm -hmm. well-meaning friends, well-meaning family members on, on whatever they're talking to us about, make sure that we're weighing that with what we know God would have us to do. But, but what are some other situations that as you have talked to families through the years that you have found that do cause a sense of overwhelm? I mean, you and I were talking before we even got on about Mm -hmm. how intense this season has been without us being able to really put our finger on exactly why it's just been intense. What are some of the situations that really do bring a lot of overwhelm to homeschool families? Absolutely. Well, as you know, homeschool moms and families don't just homeschool. We always also deal with, you know, life, Mm -hmm. just like parents who have children in public or private schools. You know, we deal with all of it. And one thing that is not really talked about that often is being a caregiver to like a parent when the child, like meaning me, becomes a caregiver to my parent. And in addition to being a caregiver, you're also homeschooling your child. I was a caregiver to my mom up until October 1st, 2020, Mm. when she died. Now, she was diagnosed with cancer September 14th. Wow. Wow. And she died two weeks later. Goodness. Okay, so it hit us hard. It was was not because of the C Mm -hmm. word. She was not able to get into the doctor's office for x-rays for her normal care. And so it just, the lung cancer did not, was not caught Mm. until... I took her to the hospital for, you know, just, I thought it was a COPD attack. Turned out it was cancer all over oh, her goodness. body. And she died in, in my home and actually my office at the spot I'm sitting at right now, two weeks later on October 1st. And that was a traumatic experience for me and Laura, my, the family, and Laura asked me on set, you know, that um, October 2nd, she said, do I have to do homeschool today? I said, no, baby. We're not doing homeschool this yeah. month. I said, we're giving ourselves grace. And I said, that's across the board. I'm going to start crying <laughs> here in a minute. But we have to give ourselves grace, you know, and when we have times of just we cannot handle a single thing more Mm. you know if we're if we're going through something like 
dealing with the death of a, of a parent or a grandparent or a close friend, close family member or a child. We, we cannot expect ourselves just to say, oh, well, that happened. Come on, let's crack open the book to page 93 yeah. and let's read about, you know, Alexander the Great. Move forward, move forward. You know, we, we can't do that. Yes. And it's homeschooling is part of, it's learning how to deal with the hard. Mm. You know, it's learning how to deal with the hard of life with our kids look at us to for how do you balance this how do you balance everything well sometimes you don't sometimes all the balls that are in the air just drop and you just you you have to give yourself grace to let the balls lay on the floor and pick up maybe one you know and that one might be a shower <laughs> If I'm speaking real yeah. here, you know, and that one might be, well, let's, let's get some dinner, you know, and then we pick up a few more and we're like, okay, you know, when my mom died, I, I said, we're not homeschooling at all the entire month of October. We'll start back in November. I said, because mm-hmm. I can't, and I know you can't, Laura. And it was probably the best decision ever because it gave us the freedom and the grace to just deal with the hard things. You know, we were grieving. It gave us time to grieve and to be with one another as a family. I had to go through my mom's apartment and donate stuff, take stuff, give things away and that was a hard season. And I could not have done that had I had to homeschool too. But homeschooling is not just book right. work. You know, homeschooling is not just doing math and science and all the things. Homeschooling allows us the opportunity to teach our children how to be responsible human beings and caring human beings. Mm-hmm. And human beings, period. We're not robots. You know, we can't just have this devastating thing happen on Saturday and be back on in the saddle on the horse on Monday. We we're not geared that way. You know, even the Lord God, after he created, you know, the busy week he had creating the world and the universe. You know, he rested. He said, you know, I'm, it's all good. It's all good. I'm going to rest now. You know, I've had a busy week. (laughs) And we should take that as an example that we're not meant to go 24, 7, 365. You know, but having said that, Sometimes like in this season that we're in at this moment, you know, where my child just simply does not want to do the work. It, um, you kind of have to put your foot Mm -hmm. down and say, look, yes, homeschool is about 
learning life, but also you kind of do need to know fractions. <laughs> you know, you do need to know ma- some math, you know, and so it's, um, as I've gotten older and more um, involved in homeschooling, I've learned the balance of learning how to do the hard mm-hmm. things, but also having to just be the parent and say, no, what you're going through on a daily basis is very normal and very appropriately acceptable for a 12 year old girl. And, but you need to do your math. I mean, boom, (laughs) you know, and it's just, um, it's, it's in a season now where I'm actually saying, Man, I could throw in a ch- couple more chapters in that overwhelm book, I mm-hmm. think. But well, maybe maybe you're supposed to. <laughs> it's just been um I don't know. It's 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 just um I don't know if other homeschool families feel like this, but sometimes it's just it's mm-hmm. hard. And it's but God doesn't call us to do right. the easy things. Right. You know, God doesn't call us to do things that are just skin by skin of our teeth kind of easy or just glide on by. He calls us to do the hard things. Hmm. And sometimes that means just buckling down, as my dad used to tell me in school. And I hated that term. Oh, my word. Buckling down. I was like, what does that mean anyway? You know, and. I asked him that once. He was like, that means you put the saddle on the horse tight enough. You buckle it down so you won't fall off. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's ingenious. And, you know, I'm like, all my life I heard buckle down, buckle down. And he was on his deathbed. And we were talking. And I asked him, I said, what? does buckle down mean because he was talking to my sons and he was like y'all got to buckle down in school i'm not going to be around it long much longer and you got to buckle down <laughs> buckle down like, what does that mean and he then he told me i was like that's good information to have i was about to say ago. don't you wish you would ask him a little bit later and i was like <laughs> I, I don't know why I wasn't the most intelligent of kids. I think I'm not sure, but you know, homeschool, homeschool can be all the things It can be all the good things. And sometimes I think we as parents, especially new to homeschooler homeschooling parents have this preconceived idea in their mind, what homeschool should look like. And they base it either on, their experience in school or their children's experience in school, you know, where they get up at eight o'clock or they start school at eight o'clock and they go and go and go. And then they stop at three o'clock and the kid is burned out by then. And, but more than that, the mom is burned out by Tuesday. And, you know, we, we have to get away from the mindset of what, our homeschools should look mm-hmm. like that word should is dangerous. Yes. And instead 
you know, decide for ourselves what our homeschool will look like, you know, what your homeschool will look like. If, if you like, if you have to work from home, from home, if you're like a, if you're a mom or a dad and you have to work at home, like a lot of people do, then, you know, give your kids something to read or do while you have to work, but then do homeschool in the evenings. There's nothing saying that when homeschool Uh has to be, you know, there's, there's no magic formula on this. You get the beauty of homeschool is you get to decide what your homeschool is like. And when you go through things, when you go through life, overwhelming challenges, um, like losing a parent and dealing with caregiving or just difficult children, because some children are just, they need more opportunities for grace than others. And sometimes, you know, you have therapies you go to with your children and you have to work homeschool around that. You know, I'm a big fan of audiobooks. Um, not at home so much because I don't have patience for that. I'm doing other things, but in the car, you know, when we're traveling to like teach them diligently conventions or whatever, or um, my husband plays wheelchair basketball. So we're constantly traveling for that. And we'll go to the library and get an audio book of Little House on the Prairie or something else from by Laura Ingalls Wilder or another audio book. And we'll listen to that and we'll ask her questions and stuff. And um, one of my favorite things um, are adventures in Odyssey, especially when it relates to history or the Bible. Those are great. And, you know, we, oh my, you know, that was history class. We listened to that all, oh my word, Leslie, from North Carolina to Texas for Round Rock last year. It was, we drove that and I had that CD collection. I had the whole thing, Little House on the Prairie. I had, I had it all. I had like a little library in my car and just stick it in, stick it in, stick it in. (laughs) But road schooling is, they can learn a lot just by listening. You have a captive audience there, you know, and Go to the grocery store. What? No, it, those things also build memories, which is a really great thing. Um, and and I yes. think that those relational things that you're able to do also help you kind of move your way through those seasons that are difficult, those seasons that are overwhelming or discouraging yes. or whatever else it is, it's particularly challenging. You can't forget that you are focused on the right. heart of your child, not just their mind. And you've got to set yes. up your homeschooling, the way that you're running your family, the way you're approaching your days with that in mind and not not get hung up like you noted Absolutely. on what you think things should look like, but rather taking the reality that God has yes. laid out in front of you and Follow what he's called you to do right. the way that you, the best way that you can in that moment. Um, Terry, we are almost out of time, yes. but I want you to tell us about your oh, book God. and no, where we nice. can find it, please. 
Yes. Sure, absolutely. It's called um, Overwhelmed. I can't ever remember. Biblical and Practical Ways to Manage a Crazy Busy Homeschool Life. And you can find it on my website. It's Homeschooling One Child. The one is the number one. Um, homeschoolingonechild.com. And you just click on store and books and you can find it there. And I have all my books there, actually. Even the one about hmm. the shooting. Um, it's on there as well. But um, yeah, and whoever orders from that uh, gets a signed copy. And yeah, and I'll be at um, Teach Them Diligently in Pigeon Forge this coming year, well, too. Good. So that's going to be good, exciting. good, good. Well, Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I put all of these links in the show notes to make it as easy as I can for everybody to to take advantage of. So thank you again for joining us. Sure, thank you. Everyone else, thank you for hanging out with us today. I hope that this has been an encouragement. I hope that you um, have heard Terry's story and what God has wanted walked with her through and recognize that that no matter what God is is allowing to come into your life that he actually does mean it for good just as he always has his ways are perfect and we can trust him in every step of our way so I hope this has been an encouragement to you maybe giving you some ideas as to how you can approach your days uh, moving forward in that way be sure to check out homeschoolingonechild.com Uh, to get those resources that Terry mentioned. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.